Good morning, everyone. And welcome to worship on Sunday, the 11th of April. This morning is the last Sunday that we worship together as Stowbray Kirk. Next Sunday, we will worship as Paisley St. George's Church of Scotland. The service of union will take place on Thursday evening and will be live streamed on YouTube. A link to the YouTube page will be, I'm sure, on both Stowbray's Facebook page and our website page. If you're attending this service of worship, would you please be seated by 6.45 p.m. The first meeting of St George's Kirk Session will take place via Zoom at 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday the 20th of April. The link for this meeting and the papers will be distributed shortly. This morning, like millions of people around the world, we mourn the death of the Duke of Edinburgh and our thoughts and prayers are with the Queen and all her family. We come as those with doubts. We come as those in need of forgiveness. We come as those slow to proclaim you as our Lord and our God. We come as those longing to hear your words of peace. And so we pray, Lord Jesus, come to us as you came to Thomas and set us free to worship you without hesitation and without fear. We're going to worship God in hymn 416. Christ is alive, let Christians sing. The cross stands empty to the sky. Let streets and homes with praises ring. In every insult, rift and war, where colour, scorn or wealth divide, Christ suffers still, yet loves the more, and lives where even hope has died. Christ is alive and comes to bring good news to this and every age, till death and sky and ocean ring with joy, with justice, love and praise. Hymn 416. Now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you appeared to different people in different places at different times. To Mary in the garden, to the disciples in the upper room, to your followers in Galilee. Each had their own unique meeting with you. And it was only when you met with them face to face 
that the truth dawned. Only then that they dared to believe that you were alive. Lord Jesus Christ, we cannot see you quite as they did, but we too can meet with you and experience the reality of your living presence. Meet with us now as we worship you, as we gather in your name. Eternal Father, we give you thanks for this time and space to offer our worship up to you, to give you the praise and the glory that you alone deserve. We come with awe and with wonder, joy and celebration. For you are a great God, the giver of life in all its fullness. And we especially thank you and bless you for that greatest of gifts, the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father God, we come too, bringing you our confessions for we have failed you in so much. We have not loved one another or our neighbours as much as we love ourselves. We have been thoughtless, careless, selfish, and so much else we should not have been. And so we come with sorrow and a sense of shame. Lord, grant us your forgiveness and do not hold our faults against us. Use this time of worship to touch our hearts, to speak to our minds, to transform our lives. And we ask all this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Last week we heard the Easter story. The story, the truth of the resurrection of Jesus. Of God bringing him back to life. And today we're going to think a little more about this and about how his friends reacted. But for just now, I have a question to ask you, and it is this. Do you believe that I can blow this balloon up, tie a knot in it, and then use this bamboo skewer to make what I would describe as a balloon kebab? What do you think? No. no. Okay. <laughs> Okay, put your hand up if you think the balloon will burst. Okay. How many of you think I'll be able to do it without bursting the balloon? Oh, okay, right. And it is just an ordinary balloon. I haven't done anything to it. And I'm conscious, because of all the care we're taking about uh, germs and things, I'll use a balloon pump. I won't try and blow it up using my lungs. For those of you that are clear, you might be able to see what the balloon says. It says, Happy Easter, Jesus is alive. <laughs> so let's tie a knot in it. And let's see if I can 
Okay, the balloon's not too big. I was worried that the balloon might have been a wee bit big. I think we're all right. Here goes. Ah. Can't see where am I? Can't see where I I'm going. <laughs> Come on. I think I need a sharper skewer. It, well, truthfully, it will go down, but there's the there's the point. So there you go. Okay. Still trying to just ease that through. Anyway, so now you believe. So I wonder what would happen if you went home and told the folks at home what had happened. And I also wonder what the folks listening on that recording are going to make of this. It's just determined not to do what it should do, but never mind, it's close enough. But anyway, so now let's turn to scripture and this will be read for us by Kath. But yeah, that's it. it will go down, but it is absolutely through. The reading this morning is taken from John, John 20, and reading from verses 19 through to 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, that sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe, Thomas said. 
my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded, but these are written that you may believe, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. May God bless this reading. Thank you, Kath. We continue in our worship with the hymn, How Often We Like Thomas. How often we, like Thomas, need proof before we trust. Lord Jesus, friend of doubters, come speak your truth to us. We long to feel your presence and gain new faith from you, to find without our seeing the blessing Thomas knew. You always stand among us. No doors can lock us out. Your presence reassures us, though we still live with doubt, as present-day disciples whose lives by sin are flawed. We want to come believing and cry, my Lord, my God. Hymn 432. Well, the balloon's gone down a bit, but the skewer's still through it. And in a way, the balloon and the skewer show us that it's always much easier to see something happen, to actually be there and to believe it. And I'm sure that we can all identify with Thomas, whom we read about today. 
that there are times when we want to see something in, if you like, black and white, to see it with our own eyes before we'll believe it. And many of us, most of us perhaps, will have moments when, do you remember Victor Meldrew? I don't believe it. <laughs> yep. And I suspect that that might be your reaction to the following story. It's a story from about 30 years ago when a commercial airline pilot was flying over the west coast of America. And he was, as airline pilots are, up about 30,000 feet. When he radioed air traffic control to say that he had just passed a man sitting in a garden chair surrounded by helium weather balloons. This is a true story. The pilot, well, not surprisingly, he couldn't believe his eyes. And part of me wonders, what on earth did the air traffic controller think? Mm. But it is, that is a true story. A gentleman had sat in his garden chair and blown up these huge big helium weather balloons and floated up into the air. It's much easier to believe what we see. Seeing is believing. And returning to the tomb and the question, why was the stone rolled away? Well, one answer might be to let the risen Christ out. But no, I don't think so. I believe that the stone was rolled away to let people see inside the tomb, to let people see that the tomb was empty, that Jesus was no longer there. Mary found the empty tomb. She met Christ, but only realised who he was when he spoke to her. Seeing is believing. This morning we've heard of poor Thomas, labelled forever as Doubting Thomas. I don't know that I like that for poor Thomas. I always feel sorry for him. And in the other three Gospels, Thomas appears only in the list of apostles. It's only in John's Gospel that we actually learn a bit more about Thomas. And this is what we learn. When, Jesus, when Lazarus died, Jesus had left Judea. He'd left Judea because the people had threatened to stone him, to put him to death. And when Jesus heard about his friend Lazarus, well, you can understand why he wanted to go back to Judea. But his disciples turned to him and said, teacher, just a short time ago, the people were planning to stone you. And you're planning to go back? Well, Thomas, on that occasion, Thomas was the lone voice who said, let us all go with the teacher so that we may die with him. So Thomas was the disciple who was willing to follow Jesus into danger. Thomas was brave. Thomas was a guy, I think, who questioned things because he was the disciple who asked Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way to get there? And remember the answer when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. So it seems as if Thomas was someone who questioned things, yes, but he was prepared to follow Jesus to the end. And let's be in no doubt about this. Thomas went with Jesus to Jerusalem and saw Christ crucified. 
But going back to this morning's reading, was Thomas really any different from the others? Any worse than the others, the other disciples? Well, he didn't deny Christ, like Peter. All he wanted, all Thomas wanted, was to see the risen Christ for himself. He wanted to see Christ for himself because he had not been there with the others when they had seen Christ for the first time. But remember where they were that time. They'd locked themselves away in a room because they were afraid. They were frightened that the authorities would come after them. Thomas wasn't with them. Thomas wasn't locked in that room that day. We're not told where he was. Maybe he was hiding somewhere else. Don't know. Maybe he was not afraid and was out and about going his normal day-to-day -day life. Or maybe he'd been with the other disciples and had gone out to buy food for them. We don't know. But we do know that he wasn't with the others when Jesus first appeared to his disciples. And when Jesus first appeared to his disciples, Jesus showed them his hands and his side. So when Thomas was told of the risen Christ and said that he wouldn't believe until he'd seen it for himself, indeed touched the wounds, he was only looking for the same degree of proof, if you like, that the other disciples had already received. And so when Jesus appeared, as we'd heard this morning, Jesus appeared once more inside a locked room and spoke to Thomas personally. After that meeting with Christ, Thomas makes the greatest statement of faith. Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Thomas recognizes Jesus. He recognizes Jesus, not just as the son of God, but as God himself, God incarnate. Although it had taken time for Thomas to believe that Christ had risen, for Thomas to come to faith, if you like, once he believed, he really believed. He saw and he believed. Seeing, well, seeing we say is believing, but do we really need to see something to believe it? Can we see electricity? No, but we can see its effects. We can see what it does. We can harness its power. And then there's the other question. Do we believe everything we see? No, especially not nowadays with what some folk can do with a computer. Look at the airbrushed photographs of celebrities. Look at the way they'll blend one image with another and put people in places they've not been to. So we don't need to see to believe. And equally well, we don't believe everything we see. But thinking about that, I remember a number of years ago watching a documentary about the Turin Shroud and the use of radiocarbon to date it. Now, as most of you know, I used to teach physics. So I'm interested in the science behind such research. But the results of the research, they make no difference, absolutely no difference to my faith, to my belief in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, son of man, son of God. Jesus Christ, crucified, dead, and raised to life again for me, for you, for all of us. Faith, well, faith is so much more, so much bigger than seeing as believing, if you like. And it makes me think, why do we believe? We believe because of what we read in scripture. We believe because of what we see in the world around us. 
for we see Jesus in others. We see Jesus in other people's words, in other people's actions. But ultimately, ultimately, we believe because of what we feel within our hearts. We believe because of the actions of God's Holy Spirit within us. Believing is more than seeing. Believing is more than seeing. Believing is what we feel in the very depths of our being. We all have our Thomas moments. We all have the moments when we doubt, when we question. But equally well, we have that other kind of Thomas moment when we say with Thomas, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. What a wonderful expression of faith. Amen. Let's come to God in prayer. Let's first of all dedicate our offerings. Our offerings which have been made in the plates at the doors and through standing orders direct to the bank. But let's pray. Loving Lord God, as we make our offering today, we do not just bring you our money, we bring you ourselves, we bring our fellowship, we bring your church everywhere, praying that you will use all we do, all we say, and all we are for the growth of your kingdom and the fulfilment of your will through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As I said earlier, this morning is the final service of worship, which we will hold as Stowbray Kirk. So as we pray this morning, let us give thanks for all the work that has been done to serve Christ in this congregation and in this parish. But we know that as we give thanks for that, we know that the work of Christ will go on as we meet here and as we serve here as St George's Kirk. But let's give thanks for the work of Stowbray Kirk. Let's pray. Lord God, we gather before you for the last time as the folks of Stowbray Kirk. We thank you for the many declarations of faith made here in this building, for the ways in which your love has been shared in word and in action. We give you thanks for the folks who nurtured our growing faith, and who have gone before us into your holy presence. We give you thanks for all who have served you by making tea and washing dishes, by wielding a paintbrush or a hammer, by serving on the Kirk Session, in the creche, the Sunday School, the Guild, the Boys Brigade, the choir, or in the myriad of folks who in normal times enter into this space to share in the life of this church. Lord, this past year has been difficult for we've not been able to gather together as we would like. And yet, ways have been found to continue to share your love. So hear us now as we pray for others. Here at this time and in this place. Here where we speak our sadness without fear of sentimentality. We are grateful for the faith that sustains us, hope that encourages us, and love that surrounds us. 
We pray for all who seek to serve you in whatever way they can, wherever they may be. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially the congregation of Glenburn Parish Church, with whom we will unite on Thursday. We pray for all who have doubts, who question their faith, especially during this time of pandemic. We ask that you would reveal yourself so that all might say with Thomas, my Lord and my God. We pray for all who are struggling, struggling with poverty, through homelessness, struggling with illness of self or of another, struggling to come to terms with the death of a loved one. Especially today, we remember our Queen and her family as they mourn the death of the Duke of Edinburgh, a beloved husband, father, grandfather and great-grandfather. When the labour of life comes to an end and duty is done and complete, may we remain steadfast, secure in the strength of our Lord who made heaven and earth and gives us rest. And now in a moment of stillness, of silence, we lay our prayers, Lord, at the foot of your empty cross. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for ourselves. May we have patience, kindness and wisdom as we unite to form a new congregation here as Paisley St George's. May we know your blessing on each one of us as we seek to go forward as your people, as your church. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our risen Lord and Saviour. Amen. We close this morning's service of worship with a hymn, Glory be to God the Father, glory be to God the Son, glory be to God the Spirit, great Jehovah, three in one. Glory, 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 while eternal ages run. Glory be to him who loved us, washed us from each guilty stain. Glory be to him who bought us, made us kings with him to reign. Glory, 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 glory to the lamb who once was slain. The hymn 419. <laughs>
now I would ask if you're able, if you would stand for the blessing. May the world continue to surprise us, love continue to astonish us, life continue to captivate us, faith continues to sustain us, and may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Amen.